0: Let's talk about you know today uh, the torrenti. It's a lot of it's a big Shabbos coming up. Besides the storm that they're expecting again, the second punch I guess. Um, So um, and uh, there's um, uh, you know a lot of some good news. Our granddaughter is having us bas mitzvah. Sarah is leaving for Shabbos. To join the Basmitzah, I wasn't supposed what? to say this. I'm not sure. No. Okay. we you know I in, think in Portland, I'm in denial Oregon. that my oh, grandchildren. Oh. So she's Jesus. going to the Basmitzah. I wasn't going to go. Was coming And, then was like and we're also school. having a wedding yeah, here on something. Sunday. From this is their second wedding, but there's a fellow who's been around Chabad oh. for a couple of years, Yaakov. He invited, by the way, everybody yep. to join. Oh, good. they don't you don't send out invitations but he said no, he, he would he, like people to come. he'd like people because uh, he's invited at? one o'clock on sunday oh. Oh. one o'clock on sunday so he so away so um so those be like, are good those are I'm good like, things my, but my said, talking about those are personal those are specific celebrations for our local community but then we have the Parsha, which is for everybody so this week is a really uh, you know special because there's a lot of things coming together First of all, it's not one Parsha this week. It's, it's a two? double Parsha. Yeah. No, no, but there are four Torah to or something? No, no, only two. <laughs> one second, we're going to get to it. Not four Torahs <laughs> Hold on one second, we'll get to it. Okay. First, we're doing a double portion. Mm-hmm. When we do a double portion, by the way, so the double portion is Vayakhel and Pikude. Uh, when we do a double portion, the way we do it, we don't take out two Torahs or we don't do it separate. Mm-hmm. What we do is, we combine, we make it into one. So we we do the old Aliahs, we divide it up into the two weeks instead of 14.
1: seven and seven,
0: instead of 14, mm-hmm. we divide it up into, uh, uh, into seven aliyahs. <coughs> and that's done whenever we have, in Hebrew they're called <coughs> connected, whenever we have connected partials. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Shabbat, we only have seven aliyahs. Uh, In Chabad, we don't do any more than seven aliyahs. In the other times, you're not allowed to have any more. But Shabbos, in some communities, because the way it works is the weekday you have three aliyahs, Rosh Chodesh you got four aliyahs, Yantav you got five aliyahs, Yom Kippur you got six aliyahs, and Shabbos you got seven aliyahs. It goes up every step of the way, it goes up. But uh, so you can't do like on Yom Kippur you can't do seven because then you would make it equal to Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh you can't make uh-huh. uh, five because then it'll be Yom Tev and on the weekday you can't make four and there's reasons uh-huh. uh, why we only do three we don't want to bother the people it's a work day. So Rosh Chodesh is a little holidays so you can do a little more extra But so there's reasons for everything I don't want to go through now through the details but the point here on Shabbos if you do more than seven you're not going to match it. so some people make more than seven Chabad we don't do more than seven but the bottom line is that we combine the, all the aliyahs uh, from the two parashas together and we make one. So, but in the end of the day we're doing uh and uh, so it's special because we have two parashas and which turn into one. And then, uh, the other thing is, we're also finishing up the Torah for the Chumash of Shemos, because these are the last two parashas, so we'll do Chazak, Chazak, Vinitz this Shabbos. So that's also a very special powerful Shabbos. It's Shabbos Chazak. Yes? But what about Parah? Okay, yeah, next. next uh, What's that? Little it's a little special little section we read. The other thing is, and then we also take out a second Torah. Yeah. We're going to do the Parshat Parah. So let me just tell you a little bit, just so you know, just to uh, show you a bit quickly what it's about. Um, now, you know so uh, we will take out a second Torah and we will read from the portion of Chukat, we learn the section of Parah. Parah really means a heifer, it means a cow. Uh, that, that is the portion that talks about the red heifer. And the red heifer was used, uh, the Torah tells us a special mixture was made out of it with water and the ashes of the, of the, of the red heifer and when a person became uh tummy by file by touching a, a corpse Uh, then in addition to usually we just go to the mikvah and the mikvah gets you clean but if you touch a corpse then you have to have the sprinkling of the the mechatos of the uh, sprinkling water uh, on this third and the seventh day and then you would become clean Uh, so that's portion we're going to learn the Parshah's Porah Parshah's Porah is one of four special portions normally as you know every week we go in the order of the Torah every week, we read one portion, sometimes we read two portions. The reason we read two portions, one portion, mostly it'll be the difference if it's in a leap year. In a leap year we need four more portions, right? So then we'll split up some of the portions. Also, sometimes the holidays come out on a Shabbat or not, so they have already it all figured out. So, but the normal way is the reading goes week after week, every Shabbat we read the portion. Then, of course, when it comes to uh, Tov, we read something which is related to the Tov, and then we'll take uh, precedent to that. Um, um, but then the exception to that, besides Yomtev and everything else, is the four portions. It's called, I'm going to very briefly, so we'll not take up the whole class with that. Um, that's called Parshat Shkalim, Parshat Zachor, Parshat Para, and Parshat Achodesh. Those are four, which means on those Shabbosim, when we do Shkalim, Zachor, Para and Achodesh, we will take out two Sefer Torahs, we, with one Sefer Torah will read the regular portion and in the other Sefer Torah we will read the, uh, the special Parsha. Now it so happens that next Shabbat she was almost right, yeah. next Shabbat which is not this Shabbat, the coming Shabbat is gonna be Parshat HaKodesh but we're gonna take out three Sefer Torahs. Wow. We're gonna to take out three Torahs then because it is also going to be Rosh Chodesh. When Rosh Chodesh comes out on Shabbat,
1: But just so you
0: know, I mean, that the reason we take out two Sefer Torahs, even though it's the same Torah, but we don't want to trouble, it's very important to, to, to see how the Torah is very much uh, protective of the people, not to trouble them too much, and the Torah realizes, I mean, Halacha realizes that, uh, you know, to make people wait while you're moving the Torah, you're not right for the people, so that's why we take out two Torahs, so that you don't have to sit and look and and roll the Torah to the place where you have to lay, but it's already become a tradition sometimes even the two sections are close to each other, we will always take out a second Torah that's why we take out a second Torah or sometimes when we read three Parshas we take out three Torahs see the only time, only a few times a year it can happen Simcha's Torah we take out three Torahs and Parshas HaChodesh if it comes out also, we'll take out three Torahs, if it comes out of Rosh Chodesh, I'll explain in a minute. Parsha Shkalim also, if it comes out of Rosh Chodesh, we'll take out three Torahs. And Hanukkah, if Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos come together, we'll also take out three Torahs. I told you all the scenarios now when we can take out three Torahs, but it's really uh, simple math, I mean, it's not really that complicated. Let, let, me, let me just say, these four portions, Shkalim is always read uh, before the new month of Adar okay or if it's a double Adar it will be read the new before the new month of the second Adar hmm. but it's always read before the Adar that is next to Pesach okay so whether it's two Adars it'll, the second Adar that's when it's read uh, Shkalim basically what do we do Shkalim Shkalim we do because it's uh, it reminds us it's commemorative in the time of the temple every Uh, adult male person from 20 years of of age was supposed to contribute a half a shekel. As a representative of the family, a half a shekel. That shekel went to the uh, temple, and that money was used to buy the communal sacrifices and the communal needs that were needed throughout the years, for they used uh, every daily sacrifice. We had one in the morning, one in the afternoon, you had uh, the very <laughs> different. Bless you. On the holidays and the Rosh and the Musaf and Shabbos, and so it was expensive. So they had to buy uh, cattle, they had to buy uh, the livestock, or and other stuff, a lot of other stuff. They used to use the half a shekel. That was meant to uh, represent each one because uh, each one had to participate in that because the, it, it needed to be a community. It was a very minimal; it was only symbolic was only a half a shekel and that's also symbolic by being a half a shekel uh, plus many uh, different other ideas but the new uh, year as far as the shekel goes started with Rish Nissan, Nisan which means from the Rish nissan uh, the new sacrifices needed to be brought from the new collections and what they did with the old money that was left over or was short I mean, the Gemara deals with that, all the different the commentaries, what they did. But the bottom, the, the, the plain uh, situation, the way it worked, is that the month of Ador, everybody had an opportunity to bring their half a shekel to the uh, beddin to the court, and they brought it to Jerusalem, and then starting from Rosh Chodesh Nisan, all the new karbonot were brought from the new money. They used to use that new money to purchase the... Uh, the new, uh, the new sacrifices and um, so in the time of the temple that was done on Rosh Chodesh Adar to give people a month so for 30 days they can go ahead and get their half shekels together and then we would give them the, and they would bring that so in the Mishnah it actually says on the first day of Adar you announce about everybody get your shekels ready get your half shekels ready but nowadays, we don't really have shekels, we don't have a carbon, we don't have that contribution. It's just symbolic. And, you know, on Rosh Chodesh Adar, we don't really have people coming together in shul. So we always do it, the Shabbos that precedes Rosh Chodesh. So to commemorate that on the first day of Adar, they used to announce to the people, so what we do is we read the portion of the shekel of Kisisa, which talks about the shekel, to have a shekel, so that people will be uh, reminded about this special mitzvah, and we pray that God builds the Mikdash, and we should have the Karbanot, and be able to give the half a shekel. So, but we'll always do it, the Shabbat that precedes the month of Ador, when before Rosh Chodesh Ador. But if it happens that Rosh Chodesh Ador, uh, so, so, uh, but if Rosh Chodesh Ador is on Shabbat, so we're not going to read this portion a week before, but we're going to read it on the Shabbos itself, because it is the first day of Ador. We're only reading the Shabbos ahead, because we can't do it on Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is a weekday. Who's going to know about it? There's nobody going to find out about it. So we have to do it on a Shabbat, which precedes it. But if Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbat, then we do it on that day. That's what we do the portion of Shkoli. But it so happens that it's also the portion of Rosh Chodesh. Because on Shabbat Rosh Chodesh, we always read the Torah. So, what happens to Shabbat Rosh Chodesh? So, if the Parshat Shkalim is on Shabbat Rosh Chodesh, so you'll take out three Torahs then. Because the one will be the regular Torah, the other one will be the Rosh Chodesh, because you read about the portion of the day of Rosh Chodesh, and then the third one will be the Parshat Shkalim. But that's provided that Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh shkalim all come together on that same Shabbat. But if Rosh Kodesh is during the weekday, so the Shkalim will be read in the Shabbos before. So that Shabbos will only have two Torahs. So it will have the Torah of the week and the Shkalim. Does that make sense? Yeah, but so does every sanctuary have three Torahs? Oh, great. Good, good, great good question. Great question. And the answer is if you don't have to use one.
1: Well, we're okay. just,
0: you know, But if they only have one, they would still read, they'll have to roll the Torah. As I said before, the reason we do it is to save the time for the people. That's what we take. But you could, if you don't have it, then you'll roll the Torah to the place. There's no choice. Uh, you mentioned that the new shekels are used to buy the korbanot in uh, Nissan. Starting from Nissan, you have to use the new ones. Right. So the shgalim that are collected in a dar are those considered old? No, those are the new those for the new year. Those are the new ones for the, those new, are year. For the new year. But so you that have has to, have to be month done. To do it. it has to be done for the new collection. Yeah. As yeah. yes. the new collection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay now that's so that's the first portion of the Parshat Shkalim but like this year for example Parshat Shkalim was not a Rosh so it was in a different day so Shkalim came before now then the next one is the Parshat Zachor Zachor is the portion that always comes to Shabbat before Purim why because Haman is a descendant from Amalek uh, and we're trying to erase the memories of Amalek so we'll always read the Parshat Zachor some years kalim and zachor are next to each other some years they're separate like there's a shabbos in between but that depends on the schedule i'm not going to go through everything but that's now zachor of course can never be on rosh Hodesh because it's not possible because purim is on the 14th day of the month the shabbos that precedes it is not rosh Hodesh, so it's not going to be so that's not going to be an issue so it's never going to be in rosh Hodesh. now then we have the two last portion is the portions Purah and parsh Parshish HaChodesh basically is the portion in the Torah where the Torah describes to Moshe Rabbeinu in the beginning of the month Rosh Chodesh Nisan, God is already commanding him and telling them that God will take them out they should prepare the sheep, tie it to the bed, and inspect it and you know and I will kill all the firstborn and getting them all ready but it all started as we say in the Haggadah Yachomir Rosh Chodesh you might think that we should do all the seder starting Rosh Chodesh because Rosh Chodesh is a, which by the way, uh, talking about, we're talking about the Agadah, talking about this, it's a, uh, you see that in the in the Talmud there is two opinions about when one should start studying and preparing for Pesach. And We're not talking about cleaning the houses, and think, hey, don't forget in the olden days, the people had one room and uh, you know, and one set of dishes, you know, three dishes, and they didn't have, but you know, so we're not talking about when to start cleaning today. You know, people start cleaning from the day after Pesach for next year. Pesach, but but the uh, but halachas to study the halachas. Uh, there's two opinions, so we, we go by the opinion that 30 days before the holidays. And it actually makes a, a difference, you know. We just were learning also the Rambam, which we study every day. But we're just learning. You weren't in that class. We did it But we just studied the Rambam also, which is a very uh, famous halacha. That uh, if somebody uh, leaves their home, now today when people leave their home, they figured out a trick how to do it. They sell their home, so if they don't own their home. Okay, so then an uh, Anju owns it. So technically, you don't have to search for the Chamed, you don't have to do anything. You just sold it, it's gone, just like everything else. So people just sell their the property. But in the olden days, they didn't necessarily sell it. So, now, uh, from the Torah, and since it's almost Pesach, so I'm, it's in the 30 days, so I will just tell you this halacha just a little bit, real quickly, which we just learned in the Rambam. Uh, and it's from the Gemara. That um, from the Torah, the Torah says that one is not allowed to possess any chametz on Pesach. But strictly from the Torah's perspective, one can nullify the chametz. It's called the pittel chametz. One can nullify, which means he gives up in his heart. He says it's no value to me. It's like dust. I have no need for it. I don't want it. It's hefker. Hefker means ownerless. It's not. It's not important to me anymore. If one has sort of removed his mind from any of the chametz that it has. That's called removing the Chametz from his possession. That's not, not required. From the Torah, that would be sufficient, and he fulfilled his obligation of getting rid of the Chametz. You don't own the Chametz if you don't want it now. If he knows, if he has Chametz that he knows about it and he wants to keep it, then that would be a different story. But we're talking about, honestly, the person doesn't know of any Chametz, he doesn't want the Chametz, he wants to get rid of the Chametz, but he, he doesn't want to bother with it, he just wants to make up his mind. That would be sufficient. But the rabbis say that's not sufficient. No, under normal circumstances, that would not be sufficient. Why? Because they say, look, you're going to be in your house, and you say you don't like the chametz. Now, there's one thing, you don't own the chametz. But if you're hanging around the khametz, by accident, you may come to eat the chametz because it's around them. It's you in the house. He said, no, no, no. You have to remove it. You have to take it out of your possession. Don't leave it there. can't just rely on giving up your big betel. You need to actually physically remove it. So, we have a mitzvah in the Rabbin, a rabbinic Mitzvah, to actually uh, remove, search for the Chametz. That's what we have, Badikos uh, search and then we And then we do the Bittel Chametz, but we still have to remove the Chametz. And even if you search for the Chametz, that's the Talmud says also, you still have to also give up, because you might have missed something or you might find something. So, you need to do both at the end of the day. But we're talking about from the Torah perspective, you could have just done Bittel and you would have been sufficient. You can just give it up hope, and then you wouldn't but the home said no no you have to search the chametz." so now the question becomes somebody's going to be leaving their home their home and they're not going to be home for Pesach if they're going to be home for Pesach then they have to search the home before they leave if they're coming home or either right before Pesach they may not have time to search the chametz, or they're going to come back on Pesach itself so then they should definitely before they leave they should search the chametz because when they're going to come into their house, there's going to be chametz in their home, and um, they can't, you can't have chametz in your house, because you might come to eat it. You're going to be with the chametz. So even if you leave, let's say, your house, uh, uh, you know, Hanukkah, or you leave your house uh, Rosh Hashanah. Excuse yeah? me. If you leave your house in Rosh, you Rosh Hashanah, and you know that you're going to be back on Pesach in your house, you have to uh, you have to inspect your house make sure there's no chametz there because when you're going to come back on Pesach you're going to find chametz there can't leave the house but what happens if you're not going to be back in your home you're going to be away for all the Pesach so what is the issue over here so here it depends if it's 30 days before Yom Tov or the 30 days since we studied the laws of Yomtev already so the Yomtev is already here, some of the laws of Yomtev. Since the rabbi said that you can't just uh, give up the hope of Atul but you also need to search it, you're going to have to search it before you leave. As a matter of fact, when you search it, you've got to search it the regular way with a candle. So if you're leaving like today, you're going go to go uh, to Israel and you're going to leave your house. You're not selling your house, you're just leaving your house then you're going to have to do Blikas chametz, beer chametz. you have to clean up. You have to do the whole thing, with the whole part. People that go away for Yom tov to hotels and, and other places, they don't want to be home for that, and, you know. Sadly to say, we try to get out of it also. <laughs> but, but, you know, I used to talk about other people who run away, you know, and Pesach, you want to be home, but, you know. But, uh, but those people that go away from the home for Pesach, they have to search their home. They can't just go away. If they're leaving within 30 days in most cases people go to the hotel so if they must search their home before they leave unless they sell their home to a Jew so then it's not their home so they they don't have to search and then they're buying it back so it's it's just not there so that's that's a trick (laughs) that's a way out but so there makes a difference if you sold if you if you are leaving before 30 days then we say, and you're not going to be back, then you can just be mevatlet at the time when it comes, you say, give up the hope, and you're not going to be violating, and the Chachamim's obligation to go ahead and search it will not apply to you, and you're good. But if you're leaving within 30 days, since the laws of Pesach are already studied, it's in the mood, it's in the season of Pesach, then you have to search the chametz before you leave the house. And, um, and of course... Uh, it only would apply, you can't leave a bag of, uh, of hummets or things like that for use of after Pesach. Then it's, it's actually prohibited. Even after Pesach, it will be prohibited. You can't benefit. In everything okay, I hope? Everything's fine. My daughter's having a meltdown. Jessica. Uh, yeah. She's having a meltdown. Because well, she, look she at Jessica her needs baby. her mother. She had the baby on, up here on a shoe rack and Marcus... Pushed it Uh-oh. and the baby fell, and she's like, crying. she's fine. Okay. But she's like, she, my daughter's shaking. Yeah. so. Okay. Well. Okay. All right. So then. So we'll talk. Then we have okay. So then we have the parshat. Um, then we have the parshat. Uh, so then we have the parshat. Parah and So we started the Achodis. So what I started saying Achodis is already two weeks. That's already you know, the two opinions. So one opinion says four weeks, uh, 30 days. The other one says two weeks. So Parsh Chodesh to get us into the mood of Rosh Chodesh, we read the portion of the Torah. So that's why the Shabbat before Rosh Chodesh Nisan, we'll always read the portion of HaKodesh. Now, this year, if Parsh Chodesh. If the Shabbat is Rosh Chodesh itself, we're not going to read the Shabbos before, we'll read it on the Shabbos. But again, since it is Rosh Chodesh, and this year it is Rosh Chodesh, that's we're going to take three Torahs. One of them is going to be the portion of the week, which next week is going to be the portion of Vayikram. And then we're going to do the Parashat Chodesh, uh, which is going to be Ahadosh Rosh Chodesh, from the Chumash Mos, And then we're going to do... Um, Actually, we're going to do Rosh Chodesh and then we're going to do Parashat Achodesh. Then we're going to do Rosh Chodesh from uh, Bamidbor, from Pilchas, over there where we talk about the Rosh and Rosh Chodesh. So that's what we're going to take out three Torahs over there. Now, the Parshat Para, which deals with the purification, which we're going to read this Shabbos, is always read on the Shabbos before we do the uh, Parashat Achodesh. Because Achodesh talks about preparing with the Korban Pesach. In order to be the Korban Pesach, you got to be clean, you got to be pure, so that's what we do the Parshat Parah, it talks about the purity, the purity precedes the korban, so therefore we do Parah, and then we do a chodesh, again, Parah can never be under chodesh, because it's Shabb- the Shabbos is always before that, then we'll have the parshad Parah, so that's the reason why we have all these uh, uh, four different portions. Yeah, okay. that's what I meant by four before. I didn't mean four Torahs. Oh, four, four, four. four Torahs. Yeah, right. Okay, great. Okay, but three Torahs. Yes, yes, Not this week. Next week. This week, only two Torahs. Yeah. Because this week, we're just going to do the Parsha Parah and the portion of the week. It's going to be V'yagot Pekude. It's also going to be Chazak. And it's also going to be... No, okay, Chazak finishing up the uh, the Torah. Is that in between the end of the second The second, yeah. second. Yeah. second. Pikudei is the end of the Torah. Oh. So the is the last two portions of the Torah. Oh. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So at least we learned a little information. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the Parsha. And um, a few minutes left. Yeah. Okay. And the... Um, so one of the uh, one of the striking yeah. things is... uh yeah. We call the name of the Parsha, is called Uh Bayakil means to gather, you know, to gather. But it's also an unusual, unusual language, you know. Um, the other time that it says that they gathered was by Matan Torah. It says that the Jewish people gathered. And most of the time it just doesn't say gathering. It says, I uh, spoke to them. What is the meaning of And Actually, Rashi also says they're sometimes used Lushan of a yaso, if you gathered. What is the idea of a Ya'kel? Um, so, um, sometimes, you know, you see, there's, there's, you bring people together. So, you bring people together. So, sometimes, even people that have different agendas, they have different ideas, they have uh, different experiences, they don't even get along. But it's an accomplishment, they're ready just to get people in the same room. You know, sometimes just bringing different people together with different ideas, uh, different that's already called, you're gathering them in, but they're not really considered a unity, they, they have not become united into an entity by itself, they're not one entity. Um, the idea of a yakhil, of making a call, making a, a community means that that entity, all these different peoples actually become United, not only that they're physically in one place, but also their is in one place. In other words, their ideas, their are conceptual, they're in one day, in one day, and in, in one way. And uh, so, by most Moshe, we hear it's like, like we say, like by, by a minion. So when you have a minion, it's not like you have ten men together. You have a minion. So it's not ten separate men. Ten men together make up a tsibur, it becomes like a new entity. Now it becomes a union. You can say a Dover Ship Gadusha, you can say something. That, so it becomes like a, a new, a new creative being, a new status. So Vayakil makes a new status. But what is it about this? What is it about this vayakhil? Uh what is it about this vayakhil that was um what that was so um so special over here? So of course we see Torah it's, it's a little bit ambiguous, if you read in the Chumash, you know, you read in the beginning, it's not so clear because, it says Moshe gathered, then he gathered all the people, and he says to them, this is what Hashem commanded, tells them about keeping Shabbos, and then he starts over again. He says, Moshe says, this is what Hashem told me to tell you, and then he starts telling them about the uh, building of the Mishkan. It almost seems that when the gathering, was not for the building of the Mishkan, it's like two separate, if you look it's a little bit a little bit difficult to 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 make out exactly and what, what what is it meant over there, um, so what is this gathering over here, so we, we understand if the gathering was for telling them the Mishkan, you know that's a very special uh, a mitzvah, it's a very special uh, idea, it's a contribution, all the yin participated was a beautiful thing. So you gathered everybody, but it doesn't seem like the gathering was connected so much to that. It seems like the gathering was connected to the first part. He only told them about Shabbos over there. And Shabbat is not something new. Shabbat, matter of fact, was told to the Jews in the Ten Commandments, you know, it's a token. It says, It's all, it's all there, it's only the Ten Commandments, a matter of fact. The, also in Morah, in Morah they were told also. Uh, how do we know? Because it says, As God has you command you, what did God command? You know how you know that they were told in Morah? I'm telling you now. Do you know what I'm telling I you now? Remember. I'm explaining to you now what it means. Because it says in the, in the Ten Commandments, it says, as I have commanded you, where did Hashem commanded, oh. so we say that it was already commanded in the morning before, um, so what's the, what's the, uh, seven what's, seven what's, seven the big, what's the big, what's the big vayakel over here you about, about Shabbos? Oh. Nothing to do with that. Now in the special, in the special, um, in the simple in the uh, meaning of uh, Rashi says, in the Chomes Rashi says, that Hashem was telling them, you know, even though it's a big mitzvah to build the Mishkan, but don't violate the Shabbos. In other words, that mm-hmm. Shabbos is stronger than the Mishkan. You can't violate Okay, so, but that doesn't need a gathering. That doesn't need such a big, uh, we know the Mitzvah, it's just a uh, detail. In the Beis HaMikdush, they didn't, they, they didn't have karbono, so they didn't... No, we're it. talking about building the Beis HaMikdush. Oh. When you bring a carbon on the Mishkan, that's part of the observance of Shabbos. Oh. It's not this great, it's one of the service of Shabbos is to bring oh. a carbon so we're talking about the building the of the Beis, Mishkan, does not all right. But in the or the Beis HaMikdush also didn't override not the building mm-hmm. of it. But they, matter they of fact, they in even in the basemic dish, right? What? In the basinic No, not uh, they not they not not those uh, avoided us that were it's necessary. Inspired, there was part of yes. the service of the Sabbath? The the yeah. Yes. 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 Really. They burned the wasn't of until there. after the second temple. Of them, the yeah. And the carbon Musaf. Yeah. The rabbis instituted The only thing is actually ah. And matter. The only other thing is that the, it says a mikdash. Okay, but that's another discussion. Okay, no, of course. But the building of the mishkan is, or the building of the mishkan cannot override the shabbos. That's why the pasuk station, That's what Rashi said, That's what the pasuk stations it over here. But that's not such a big thing. I mean, so it's. Uh, but why would we make such a gathering about it? What are we? What is the chiddush of here? Very Rabbi has a very interesting idea. I want to just briefly give it over. Very interesting idea. It's also another. Uh, The Torah uses there's two languages here, which seems a little bit, uh, you know, when you're looking to see a point, you 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 pay attention to every uh, every nuance over here from the pasuk. So, first of all, the pasuk calls Shabbos, it calls it Shabbos Shabbosin. Most of the time, we just call it Shabbos, okay? Well, Yom for example, is also a Shabbos. Sometimes called Shabbos, but it's not a full Shabbos because you can do ochel nefesh, you can do things that you need to cook for your livelihood. Shabbos is Shabbos Shabboson. Shabbos. Uh, like Yom Kippur is also called Shabbos Shabboson because there's no food, so there's no eating, so you rest. You don't even do achan nefesh either. Yom Kippur is equal to Shabbos as far as the malachas goes. Not as far as the punishment. And Yom Kippur is different, but it's kares. But in Shabbos is, is Mrs. Best. But there's the, the, the difference is. But what is the point over here that the Torah is trying to tell you? Shabbos Shabboson Shabbos over here is it? So the Rebbe makes a very interesting observation. Um, and, and the rabbi the Rebbe says like this, you know, of course we all know Shabbos, you know, we know what Shabbos is, uh, Shabbos is a day of rest, day of rest, so six days a week we work, and we work very hard, and, and then comes Shabbos to rest, the Rebbe says it's not really rest, you know, They're resting, you can, on a very literal, simple, uh, halachic level, yeah, you know, uh, it's like uh, people want to be fulfilled the instruction. It's amazing how everybody knows this halachas. Many halachas they forget. But on Purim, this halach everybody knows. The Gemara says that you have to get drunk on Purim so that you don't know between Baruch Mardcha and Ur-Haman. And Mr. Bogart even has a Purim Torah about it, which she sent me. So. <laughs> he publish they published this. He told me to publish it. And I sent him back that I heard it live. She said, Who well, do you hear it live? I said, I "Heard it from you in previous years." <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought that he thought that I was taught uh, that I was getting uh, for plagiarism. No, I wasn't. I was. I told him I heard it live. I meant to say from him when he said it the shul for many years. I've heard it. Right. But anyways, it meant that it meant that I wasn't adliyada because I can still remember it. But the, the the point here is, so some people, but everybody knows this halacha that you have to fulfill the mitzvah. Of Adla Yada, and you have to get drunk. So some people, how do they fulfill the mitzvah? They go to sleep. I'm just gonna say mm-hmm. yeah. They go to sleep so they do to So they sleep on Purim. Can you imagine what kind of a Purim? Like you know, people don't want to fast in Yom Kippur. They sleep through. It. They don't go to Shul. They don't daven. I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't have a choice if they had the but I'm talking about they don't daven, do anything. Okay, and they fast in Yom Kippur. So they slept the whole Yom Kippur. Yeah, that's better than eating again Yom Kippur. <laughs> but you can imagine what kind of a what kind of an observance of, 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 of Yom Kippur it is. So, Shabbos is also the same thing, you know Shabbos is a day of rest, you know you can just rest Shabbos and just not do uh, work, you know, and, in, uh, in Halacha we're very concerned also, like a lot of Malachas the chachamim said you can't do it on Shabbos. Why? Even though there's nothing, you know, there's no violation of any of the 39 categories of Malachas and there's no, there's nothing really there, and it's still they say they don't do it. Why? And 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 also for Yom and also for Cholamoyed, also the Chacham said no, don't do that. Why? Because they said, listen, it's a day off. You do go to work. Then you can do. You know, you can be schlepping bags and, and, and moving things around, cleaning up your basement and <laughs> or the attic and moving stuff. There's nothing.
1: I mean, nothing wrong.
0: You're not doing any any clear violation over there. So the Chacham said no, don't do that because it has to be a day of rest. You have to really rest. You know. In Israel, you know, they have a big problem with there. That's one of the reasons they say you shouldn't play on ball on Shabbos, it brings down, is also, you know, you go on Shabbos, the kids, the front kids, they're sitting all playing soccer and but there's a all over, no problem, so, but that's not the way it's meant the Shabbos. The Sefer Achinuch wrote the book of Achinuch. He said the kids were going to hang around doing nothing, so he wrote it so they have something to learn, so they spend the time positively. So, but the point here is, you can have Shabbos, but it's not really Shabbos, it's not the Shabbos. In the spirit. In the spirit of right. Shabbos. So the verse is telling you here, Shabbos, Shabbos. How do you make the Shabbos a resting Shabbos? Mm. It's Shabbos, Shabbos. That in the day of rest, how do you really rest on Shabbos? So it shouldn't just be resting, but it should really conceptually rest in Shabbos. And, and the answer to that is, he says, actually, six days you gotta work. So he says, but it's very strange, it's the, it's the way it says here. It doesn't say here, yomim do work. It says, six days, work shall be done. It doesn't say in the uh, positive, in the, I'm not sure the grammar, how to say that. Tase means do, in a commanding way. Teose means shall be done. What does it mean, six days a week, the work shall be done." Six days a week should work? What kind of work? What does it mean it shall be done? How is it done? You do it, it doesn't get done. Well, the truth of the matter is like this. We all know the very famous uh, verse that we use all the time, that God blesses you in everything that you do. And we know that a person has to make a vehicle, has to make a a he has to make a, a means for the blessing to will uh, fall down we'll come down into it. so you know like this story would buy the lottery tickets you know so if you want to become a millionaire I mean you gotta do something for it but you can't just sit back so you gotta do something um, and um, but the question is the doing is that the main uh, is that the main focus is that your main effort or the main effort is that you realize yes I gotta do something but the main thing is to get Hashem's blessings so it's what, what, is the, what, what helps me more how am I going to be more successful, how am I going to be more, make more money how am I going to be uh, healthier, how am I going to be uh, doing well in, in everything that I want to do is it that I'm going to work harder and harder and harder I'll spend more time at work, I'll spend more time at uh, uh, racking my brain, and I'll uh, working in and harder and more. No, they say don't work harder, work smarter. What does it mean? Work smarter. What is does work smarter? Work smarter is realize that the blessings comes from Hashem. If the blessing were just coming from the holiday Purim, from the yom of Purim, So by Purim two, so the Rebbe points out that Esther was going to Achashverosh and she fasted now she wanted to make sure that he isn't going to kill her because if he doesn't stick out this stick she says, I wasn't called to the king for three days and Achaz does it, the king, they shoot you or whatever, they throw an arrow at you uh, immediately so she needed to find favor in the eyes of Ahasuerus so she wanted to look her her best and she was supposed to do that and I'm sure she did but yet she went and she fasted for three days And that seems to be not the best way to come to the king, you know, on a fast. But yet, there had to be a balance. Because, as Rebbe explained, Esther realized that the main thing is to get Hashem's blessings, which is, by our returning to Hashem, by our doing Hashem through our fasting, we're praying to Hashem, that's going to cause the goodwill of Hashem. And yes, of course, I'll do my best to to, 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 to be my best as well. So the combination, that is what gets, but the emphasis has to be on that. And the Rebbe brings out this idea, he says, the same thing is with work. That we do all the work that we do, when we work, when we earn a living, one shouldn't put his entire faith, that's kind of actually it's almost like an Avodah if a person believes why did people worship the stars and the moons and the sun and the various different... because they felt that the life force in the world, what makes things grow what makes things happen, how those things it comes from there and they figured listen, God respected them God set them up there they're the ones that provide for the light, the energy the, 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 the nutrient whatever we need in the growing Megat Shammai and Tov, from the dew and from all these things. So the forces of nature are placed. Who put the forces of nature? Hashem put it in. So if Hashem put it in, it means he gave them the power. And that's how that means. So people started worshiping the stars and saying, okay, you know, thank you for for being there for us. But it's almost like saying at the end of the day is to realize that they're not independent, they're just there in the service of Hashem. So, like, you're not gonna say to the hammer, oh, you built such a beautiful house, you hammer. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. praise that. What's the hammer? The hammer is just a hammer. The person is the one that uses the hammer to build, not the hammer, doesn't do anything. So, it is the, Hashem is the one that is actually, gets the credit for everything. Mm -hmm. And that is why it says in the language, it says in the passage six days a week, work shall be done. If you want the Shabbos to be a Shabbos, you have to know, even during your six days that lead up to Shabbos, you can't experience a Shabbos just like that. You're gonna come to Shabbos, and all of a sudden, you're going to feel the kedusha of the Shabbos. You gotta prepare yourself on the six days of the work. If the six days you come to the realization that everything in the world is really Hashem. That all the work you do is not you do. you're doing the work. The work gets done. In other words, it's Hashem's blessing. It's not your effort. It gets done, Hashem makes it happen. In other words, you do your little hishtados, you do your little efforts that you need to do and then the rest of it is Hashem. So, yomim <laughs> if you prepare yourself that way, so then when you come to Shabbos, then that connection can be felt that that Shabbos when you're going to rest, you're not just going to rest. That it's going to come open that you're not even going to have to be involved and recognize that Hashem is there in your work, but there is no work, and then you can connect directly with Hashem in a very powerful way. And um, and there's various different other lessons to this. But uh, let's see that people are rushing already to go, and so uh, we're up to in the six time. Days that. With the we'll Bayak Bayak Bayak. Hill. So you were going to explain why it was such an unusual assembly. So this is what the assembly is not just teach us about the laws of Shabbos. To teach us how to celebrate Shabbos. We learned already the laws of Shabbos. We learned before that we know what the Shabbos is. This wasn't, And it's not just trying to tell us that the simple meaning that don't violate the Shabbos for the building of the Mishkan. But Hashem is gathering and is teaching us and telling us I'm going to show you very important how to celebrate the Shabbos, how to make sure the Shabbos that I told you before is going to be a Shabbos is through the Sheshi Yom and and then you will have the real experience of the Shabbos, and the Shabbos will be a Shabbos Shabbosim. it'll be a Shabbos a Shabbos.